welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wayne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all your brothers and sisters in spirit, no matter the color of their skin. Sounds far-fetched, huh? Well, we got to put that love out there, y'all. Just as intensely as the efforts of the forces of darkness moving in this country and the world. But we can't pin all the blame on the dark forces because we must still play our part by allowing our mighty I Am presence to radiate our divine love into the atmosphere. By being love, sharing love, thinking love, moving in love and all that we say and do because the energy of love is power it is our divine power and if the powers that be in this country would be love share love think love and move in love and all that they do when they are considering their duties to the American citizens not just some but all considering their duties for the safety and protection of our children instead of putting the right thing to do on the back burner, then a lot of unnecessary loss of life, pain, sorrow, and struggle would not occur. Although we experience the ramifications in the visible world of an invisible battle that we cannot see with our physical eyes, We do know that the darkness of the old ways in this country is dangling by a thread. And there are still many old heads hanging on for dear life to those old negative ways, not willing to let them go because it gives them their sense of so-called power and authority. So they pass it on to the next generations by means of hate, violence, fear, and negative mental conditioning causing that old cycle of darkness to linger. However, these actions are not expressive of the light of the living God, no matter how much some profess so. And those lower qualities expressed in mankind are ruled by the darkness and affects not just America, but everyone everywhere, all over the world. And since we know that our divine power conquers the darkness in our lives, in the nation, and in this world, let us all allow love and light to rule by being the power of love in all that we do. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. 
You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the five thousand, and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand, and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From that time on Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Matthew 16 1-27 Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 1 No more do sundry very learned cops scattered all over the East and Asia Minor, Egypt, and Palestine, believe in the total destruction of the subsequent libraries. For instance, they say that out of the library of Attalus III of Pergamus, presented by Antony to Cleopatra, not a volume was destroyed. At that time, according to their assertions, from the moment that the Christians began to gain power in Alexandria, about the end of the 4th century, and Anatolius, bishop of Laodicea, began to insult the national gods, the pagan philosophers, and learned theurgists adopted effective measures to preserve the repositories of their sacred learning. Theophilus, a bishop, who left behind him the reputation of a most rascally and mercenary villain, was accused by our named Antoninus, 
a famous theurgist and eminent scholar of occult science of Alexandria, with bribing the slaves of the Serapian to steal books which he sold to foreigners at great prices. History tells us how Theophilus had the best of the philosophers, in AD 389, and how his successor and nephew, the no less infamous Cyril, butchered Hypatia. Suetus gives us some details about Antoninus, whom he calls Antonius, and his eloquent friend Olympus, the defender of the Serapian. But history is far from being complete in the miserable remnants of books, which, crossing so many ages, have reached our own learned century, it fails to give the facts relating to the first five centuries of Christianity, which are preserved in the numerous traditions current in the East. Unauthenticated as these may appear, there is unquestionably in the heap of chaff, much good grain. That these traditions are not oftener communicated to Europeans is not strange, when we consider how apt our travelers are to render themselves antagonistic to the natives by their skeptical bearing and occasionally, dogmatic intolerance. When exceptional men like some archaeologists who knew how to win the confidence and even friendship of certain Arabs are favored with precious documents, it is declared simply a coincidence. And yet, there are widespread traditions of the existence of certain subterranean, and immense galleries, in the neighborhood of Ishmonia, the petrified city, in which are stored numberless manuscripts and rolls. For no amount of money would the Arabs go near it. At night, they say, from the crevices of the desolate ruins, sunk deep in the unwatered sands of the desert, stream the rays from lights carried to and fro in the galleries, by no human hands. The Ephrites study the literature of the antediluvian ages, according to their belief, and the jinn learns from the magic rolls the lesson of the following day. The Encyclopedia Britannica, in its article on Alexandria, says, When the Temple of Serapis was demolished, the valuable library was pillaged or destroyed, and twenty years afterwards the empty shelves excited the regret, etc. But it does not state the subsequent fate of the pillaged books. H. P. Blavatsky of the fierce Mary worshippers of the 4th century, the modern clerical persecutors of liberalism and heresy would willingly shut up all the heretics and their books in some modern Serapian, and burn them alive. The cause of this hatred is natural. Modern research has more than ever unveiled the secret. Is not the worship of the saints and angels now, said Bishop Newton, years ago, in all respects the same that the worship of demons was in former times? The name is only different, the thing is identically the same, the very same temples, the very same images which were once consecrated to Jupiter and the other demons, are now consecrated to the Virgin Mary and other saints, the whole of paganism is converted and applied to popery. Why not be impartial and add that a good portion of it was adopted by Protestant religions also? The very apostolic designation Peter, is from the mysteries. The Hierophant or Supreme Pontiff bore the Chaldean title Peter or Interpreter. The names the, Pether, the residents of Balaam, Patara, and Patras, the names of oracle cities, Pateras or Pateras, and perhaps Buddha, all come from the same root. Jesus says, Upon this Petra I will build my church, and the gates, or rulers of Hades, shall not prevail against it, meaning by Petra, the rock temple, and by metaphor, the Christian mysteries, the adversaries to which were the old mystery gods of the underworld, who were worshipped in the rites of Isis, Adonis, Adis, Sabasius, Dionysus, and the Eleusinia. No Apostle Peter was ever at Rome, but the Pope, seizing the scepter of the Pontifex Maximus, the keys of Janus and Kubel, and adorning his Christian head with the cap of the Magna Mater, 
copied from that of the Tiara Brahmatma, the supreme pontiff of the initiates of old India, became the successor of the pagan high priest, the real Peter Roma or Patroma. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 Now, the angelic host are the custodians of mighty gifts in the use of the powers of life. We not only are their guarding presence, we are the givers of these magnificent creations that exist in our temples of the sacred fire, or the jewels, all of which are concerned with the pouring forth of the powers and the perfection and the activity of the sacred fire and the cosmic light. As we give that to this world or to the system, the power in our temples of the sacred fire ever expands the focus of the sacred fire there, till each one of our temples one day becomes a sun. And so can it be with you in this world, your home, your business activities, your outer personal accomplishments. As you call forth this greater perfection from our octave, your world becomes the focus of a sun presence of the sacred fire of our love, our life, our substance, our purity, therefore, our mastery and our perfection. Every particle of life can have every assistance from all the greater life, whenever the desire is to produce perfection, regardless of what channel that is in. You take the mechanical world for instance. When an individual who has great genius in mechanical activities, and is what you call a precision mechanic, whenever there is the desire within life to produce perfection and manifestation, there will always come some being from the angelic host to give that assistance, because it brings more light into the manifested substance of this world and its atmosphere, and therefore into the life stream of individuals. That desire within you or within any part of life to produce perfection, is an expansion of the light from the higher mental body of the mighty I am presence. Every desire to produce perfection is an expansion of the light. Since we live to bring the greater light everywhere into manifestation, then we give every assistance wherever the light begins to be revealed, at the inner level. This is how we see the progress that mankind is making. This is how we know individuals are holding to the constructive way of life and our channels through which we can pour forth more perfection, because at the inner level there flows, wherever the constructive desire is within the life stream, the outer self, it always manifests a light. So when we see at the inner level, as we look over all mankind, a light shining brighter here, there, or somewhere else, one or more of the angelic hosts will always come, observe that light, observe that individual, and try to give every possible help to keep that light protected and expanding. This is a very wonderful activity of life, and if mankind knew more about the angelic host, individuals could have very much greater help in all outer constructive activity. And we are here to give that to those who want it. Applause. Thank you so much, precious ones. Won't you be seated please, and just remain so. Beloved Angel Deva of the Jade Temple. Now, our temples of the sacred fire are, each one, a powerhouse, a focus of cosmic power of our life, of our desires of the past which have drawn forth these magnificent cosmic activities of the sacred fire to create perfection, and then send it forth into the planets of the system to ever expand the light and the greater perfection. So, the law of our world is to give. The only way the light can expand is for someone to pour more of the life of the individual and the love within that life, that is luminosity. That's what illumines the universe. You, as individuals, can be a light in the consciousness of mankind. You can be a light in the feeling of mankind to produce peace. 
Everything in your life can be an outpouring of luminosity to help you move forward and produce the greater perfection that is greater freedom for all. Do you remember the beloved Saint Germain saying it is easy to illumine the atmosphere, as it is for you to touch a switch on the wall and turn on the electricity in the lights? When you understand the oneness of the great universal light, which we sometimes speak of as the cosmic light, when you understand that that is eternal light, then it is there. And the only thing that keeps it from flooding here without limit, is the vibratory action around human beings of feeling and thought and action that is the slower rate of vibration, and that forms the veil between your outer activity and our outer activity. That's in the atmosphere of Earth. It is in the aura of individuals. Now, since everything that the angelic host does for mankind is to bring only purity into manifestation, because we can't produce anything else, then if mankind is to have relief from the destruction that impurity has created, then individuals are going to have to know of our presence. The outer activity of mankind is going to have to cooperate with us if we are going to pour the purity of our sacred fire into the conditions to hold that which is constructive to serve the people, while they make effort to attain the ascension. So, it matters not what is in manifestation in this world, whatever is constructive is guarded by, sustained by, and forever enfolded in some activity from the angelic host. Only as individuals understand this, cooperate with it, and learn the law of its manifestation, can we make each one in the outer and outpost of ourselves, that locally you may have our assistance, so long as your outer activity is to bring more illumination, explanation, to the life of mankind embodied here. Beloved Angel Deva of the Jade Temple